Welcome back to the one where I met your mother. It's a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. And I'm his wife, Natalie. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I would never say that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, listeners will know that that's a throwback from mystery yeah, diners. Yeah, eagle-eared listeners who have been listening yeah. since the end of season one yeah. will remember that reference to mystery diners, yes. Um, how are you? Um, I'm okay. A little hungover, if I'm being honest. Yeah, we partied last night. Yeah. It was a fun time. Yeah. we were. Everyone was... We had to be had a proof of vaccination mm-hmm. and and test and a test within mm-hmm. seventy two hours. So hopefully, we don't have COVID right now. Yeah, but we did party indoors, which felt weird. There was an open bar, which is the reason for the hangover. <laughs> right, because free yeah. drinks are so much better than regular drinks. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, right? yeah, that's same true. as food too. I feel like past hors d'oeuvres are so much more. Ex- like I would never make that stuff for myself or even order it off a menu you wouldn't make like a little 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 flatbread little tiny flatbread no i probably wouldn't or a fried avocado taco Mm, probably not but yeah i mean if it's passed to me i I will eat it have you fried avocados in your air fryer i say your air fryer because i'm essentially not allowed to use it i you're just not allowed to cook meat in it which is totally reasonable (laughs) but i want to make chicken in it well, you can't. Um, I want my own air fryer then. Keep that in mind for the next gift-giving occasion. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so avocado, um, I don't like when it's hot. I guess, okay. So when you deep fry it, it adds like a mushiness to it. It's, but there's a crispiness on the outside. But it's never, it's never good. It's never a good crispiness. I disagree. I can think of... Uh, uh, a couple of places, um, Handlebar in Chicago, I had some fried avocado tacos. They were really good. Mm. Golden Road Brewing out here used, used to have yeah. a fried avocado po' boy. Yeah. And it was so good. Yeah, like one bite is good, and then you get to like mushy hot avocado, and then, I don't know, I don't huh. like hot fruit. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I brought well, hot fruit. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about, let's not talk about that sitcom, Strangers okay. the Candy. Let's talk about these sitcoms, Friends and How I Met Your Mother. We're going to be talking about season two, episodes 15 uh, of both shows today. Season two, episode 15 of Friends is called The One Where Ross and Rachel You Know. Mm-hmm. And season two, episode 15 of How I Met Your Mother is called Lucky Penny. We're going to start with season two, episode 15 of Friends, The One Where Ross and Rachel You Know. Uh, so again, non-perk opening. In nope. fact, I think this is a perk-free episode. You're right. It is a perk-free episode. Well, that might be the first. You're right. I'm that not sure might we've ever first. had an episode that was completely perk-free before. This is a friend's first. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, we open in the boys' apartment. Yeah. And uh, uh, Joey's leading Chandler around with his hands over his eyes, like, no peeking, no peeking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out he has, because his, 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 his option for Days of Our Lives, dual, yeah. um, got picked up, so he spent some money on a nice uh, entertainment center and two very tacky but yeah. very comfortable-seeming Lazy Boys yeah. uh, recliners. I guess we don't know the brand name. Well, they do but, mention Lazy Boys. Well, later... I think Phoebe calls Joey and Chandler Lazy, lazy Boys, boys. Yeah. which made me think, like, it is funny that that's the name of the product, yeah. a Lazy Boy. Yeah. Um, 
I remember I, when I first moved, um, in my second apartment in Chicago, I'm sure you had this same experience when you're like 19 or whatever, moving to an apartment, you're kind of like, it's kind of catch as catch can when it comes to furniture. Mm-hmm. So I think I got a, I don't know if it was lazy boy brand, but I had a recliner from like a family member that they were like, yeah, you can have that. You can take this to Chicago with you. And I had, so like I did have in my second apartment in Chicago, I did watch movies in a, in a recliner quite often. Huh? Yeah. I've never had a recliner. I, I'm much more of like a, um, curb furniture kind of gal. Like, yeah. it, like when I lived in San Francisco, we would like see a couch on the side of the street and really? take it home with us. Yeah. I would, I would take like a table. No, we took, we took a couch. But once. anything that's a whole, a pole it's didn't, gross. People didn't talk about bed bugs. <laughs> like but even if you didn't talk about bed bugs, there's just like it, upholstery like yeah, holds well, on. To we stuff. were like broke college kids. I don't know. I got, um, almost every like sofa that I had up until you and I actually, I'd never like gone to a store and bought a sofa until you and I bought the big sofa we have. Yeah. In like 2015, it yeah. had always been like someone I know doesn't need a couch anymore, and how like I'll take it off your hands. Yeah. That's kind of how I always came. Yeah, by. I feel like as adults with sofas and beds, like you don't need to go secondhand. Yeah, once you, I mean, bed frames are fine. Yeah, I, ju- I meant mattresses. You say and, adults, but I mean, there are people who can't afford things. I, I don't know. I just like. Of course. I, I just feel course. bad saying like, oh, by the time you're X age, no, you should have yeah. X amount of money. No, no, no. That's I'm not, not like, shaming anyone. I'm just yeah. saying like, if you're able, that's something that maybe, you know, if you have the expenses to be able to, you should. Um, okay. So anyway, they're sitting there, lazy boys or whatever, uh, not their non-brand name, lazy boys. Um, they're watching the Dick Van Dyke show and there was some sort of like specific like Dick Van Dyke jo- show specific joke that I didn't get because yeah, yeah. that's a big blind spot for me. It feels like that's a show that I would like. We have season one on Blu-ray. <laughs> is that weird? That is weird. Yeah. It was a, um, it was, there was like a fundraiser, like a, through my work years ago, there was like a, like a Blu-ray and DVD fundraiser that was like, here's a bunch of discounted Blu-rays and DVDs and it all goes to AIDS, the, the entertainment AIDS Alliance is the name of the group. So I think I bought season one of Dick Van Dyke on Blu-ray for five bucks probably, but I've never watched it, but the money went to AIDS Alliance. So yeah, worth you, it, right? You could just donate. No, but this way I get a Blu-ray to right. not watch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Rachel and Ross are, are, are everyone's showing up to watch Dick Van Dyke or whatever, or yeah. at least to like come look at the the entertainment setup and the recliners. And, and Rachel and Ross are being all kissy, and everyone's annoyed by them because they're in the way. Um, but uh, the 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 point of the scene the 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 ladies retire to the kitchenette kitchenette area mm-hmm. of uh, of the apartment. Um, to dish about Rachel's upcoming date, but then it turns out she had said she was going to work for Monica on a catering job. So Phoebe says she'll step in. Anyway, we get to the catering job and the client is, um, Monica and Ross and Rachel's childhood ophthalmologist, <laughs> uh, played by Tom Selleck. Yeah. And Did you know he would be a character? I feel like, I, I, I feel like I had heard that he was on the show at some point. Um, but I've always liked Tom Selleck. 
because I've always felt like he's a, a role model for us hirsute men. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Because I am, I am a hairy guy, and yeah. the fact that like Tom Selleck has always been a sex symbol, and he's like as furry as can be. Yeah. <laughs> like I've always like looked up to him. Good. So, uh, I was delighted to see Tom Selleck. Always been a fan. Um, they have a cute exchange. We find out, we find out that he's divorced. Monica already knows cause they have this cute exchange about like head tilt, head tilting and head nodding as yeah. like, uh, nonverbal cues of sympathy or, yeah. or like niceties or whatever. And it's a, there's a long seat. Yeah, it was fun. It's, it's fun. Cause it's like, it's good writing. And also it's like, they're in a very naturalistic way. They're flirting from yeah. the moment. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the scene starts, uh, back at the boys apartment though, we realize, Oh, this, okay. This is the, their plot for the episode is they are not getting out of yeah. these chairs the entire episode, which is gross. Cause they're like purposefully dehydrating themselves. So they don't have to get up. Like so they, they don't, don't have even to pee. So yeah. they don't have to pee. They're also like ordering food yeah. to, Rachel and Monica's apartment. Yeah, so they'll bring it to them. Yeah, because they're they don't even want to walk to the door. Yeah, and it's uh it's stupid, but there's there's some good jokes that come that come out of it. Um, but back at the uh, at the um, catering gig, Richard, that's his name, isn't even hanging out with his own guests. He's hanging out in the kitchen helping Monica make the kebabs or whatever because mm-hmm. they're 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 flirting. And then there's some like uh, um jokes about like ophthalmologists being boring and then when he re- re-enters the party i don't know is this one of your funniest moments i didn't want to take it from you his like ophthalmologist humor yeah yeah i did like that oh uh, can i say what it is yeah, though when he, yeah. he like walks back out of the kitchen with like two wine glasses and he's like hey who, who needs glasses and everyone's <laughs> and everyone like uproariously ah, <laughs> um um well uh so then as soon as he leaves, Phoebe's immediately like, oh, my God, do you like him? You know, Monica and Richard sitting in a tree. She doesn't say that, but yeah. that sort of thing. But she does call her a smitten kitten, yeah. which I liked. Uh, and there's also a funny joke. I like that the show is not papering over the age difference. Like, it's yeah. weird. Like it's 27 and 48. Um, twenty, yeah, twenty seven or forty eight. Like he's he's a whole person who can drink older than her. And that's what he says. I think, yeah. Um, what were you going to say? I was going to say it's not even the age that's gross. It's the fact that he was their, like, doctor growing up. So And, he, and Monica was, like, friends with his daughter, like, swimming yeah, in his pool as a, yeah. as a girl. So it's more of, like, the role that he played in her life as a child. Yeah. That's the creepiest part. But uh, I, I do like that the show is acknowledging all yeah. of this, you yes. know? Um and there's a funny thing where Phoebe's like, you like him? And Monica's like, I can't like him. He's a grown-up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because she's, like you said, 27. Yeah. But he does I, seem like a grown-up. And also she knew him when she yeah. wasn't a grown-up and he was. Yeah. Um, but he would have been like a pretty young doctor at the time. You know, like if she was 10 okay. or whatever, he would have been like early 30. Like it just see it's still like a young. Yeah. Life. Cause Rachel said that she was like seven years old mm-hmm. when he like kissed yeah. her on the forehead. So he was in so his twenties. He was in his late twenties. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know how long it takes to become an ophthalmologist. Is it the same as other medical fields? I don't know. I don't know. It's ophthalmologists like you, in the audience. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you had a substitute teacher who was like in their twenties and it was like, Oh, this guy's like cool. And like, Hip, young, you know? I never thought that. Okay. I guess I just thought 
I mean, when I was a kid, anyone who was older than like 18 or 19 was just an old person like, or right. just like an adult. Well, I think a lot of my elementary school teachers were like much older, like seemed older. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, meanwhile, so Rachel couldn't work the catering gig because she's got a date with Ross. The date, the, the date ends up back at Rachel's apartment. Rachel and Monica's apartment, and like while they're kissing, Rachel is like Monica, <laughs> and and Ross is like uh, trying to like not shout out my sister's name while we're yeah. making out. Which yeah. uh, again, I like that the show is acknowledging the things that I find weird about this. Yes, uh, but there's a again a very relatable, understandable, funny, charming problem here, which is that every time things start to get a little sexual. Rachel starts giggling. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's weird. This is like her friend's older brother and she's known for like most of her life and, and has only recently come to think of in this way. Mm-hmm. So it is weird for her. Like she just like, it, I, I, I don't think she's, I understand why Ross is hurt by it, but I don't think she's laughing at him. No. I think it's just like, the situation. this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's playful. It's not, you know, it's, yeah, it's but fun. Ross kind of, gets his uh feelings hurt so the next day which we know because of a um establishing shot that includes the twin towers backed by like ska music essentially Mm -hmm. um uh to show the passage of time so the next day um joey and ross are still joey and chandler are still in the chair having not showered yeah joey has cheetos stuck to his face and ross shows up to like sort of look for advice and then rachel shows up to apologize and then they go out to the hallway because uh um they try to like have a private conversation inside the apartment and chandler's like can you guys speak up when you lower your voices we can't hear you which i thought was funny um so they go in the hallway and make plans and she sort of like basically makes it pretty clear like you're going to get laid on this Tonight's next night. Date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, and the funny tag to that shoe, that shoe, that, uh, scene is that Chandler shows, throws a shoe at the door yeah. to see if one of them can grab a couple of beers out of the fridge for them. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so yeah, this episode is very like sexy and sensual, right? Cause you've got, Rachel and Ross making out mm-hmm. and then you've got Monica and Richard flirting and, mm-hmm. and then Monica goes, has made an appointment with Richard as an eye doctor. Even though just, she just had her yeah. eyes checked like a few months ago. Yeah. Just to see him again. And then I found this very relatable because like I have always my whole, my whole life thought eye doctor appointments are way too like intimate. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you have it's to a get dark room and they're like real close, real close to your yeah. face, like whispering, um, and, um, uh, I don't know. I've, I, I'm, I'm trying to think my doctor growing up was like an old man. So it wasn't like, it was weird, but not like yeah. this. I think I have had like, I think the last time I got my eyes checked, which was pre pandemic mm-hmm. was at like the lens crackers in Beverly Hills yeah. near, near my work. Yeah. Um, and it was like a young lady, and I do I do remember. Uh, Tried to kiss her. I did not try. No, I, I, um, I checked my my impulses there. Wow! But uh, it was it is weird enough that I remember it. Yeah. That it's a memorable thing. Um. Anyway, 
back at the boys apartment they that still was funny gotten- that little um bit where um like they're clearly like attracted to each other and they get too close and they're like saying bye and he says drops and then he like gives her bottles and bottles of eye drops <laughs> <laughs> like she needs both hands to just yeah. like hold them yeah that's funny um Back at the boys' apartment, they're still in the chairs. Um, Phoebe has come over, I don't know, ostensibly to talk some sense into them, but then she just gets sucked into watching uh, Xanadu, mm-hmm. uh, which it should be in, like, running jokes and motifs than just, like, watching ironic TV. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. We've commented on that. We've commented on it a million times. Yeah. I, I, just, I wonder, like, do any of these characters have TV shows that they genuinely like or do they just watch reruns and ironic stuff you know what i'm saying yeah like do they have an opinion on what's going on in northern exposure 30 something i don't think so picket fences (laughs) um all right um um but okay so ross and rachel's date gets interrupted again because ross has to go into work uh, and Rachel comes with him and she's sort of sitting there in the like museum display with the, the, um, Neanderthals, I guess. I'm not sure what Australopithecus? kind of, uh, yeah, the, these, uh, I guess pre homo sapien, mm-hmm. um, humans. Um, and, uh, there's a weird moment there where, Rachel's left alone and she like lift up, <laughs> lifts up yeah. the loincloth and looks at the, yeah, she's checking out the junk of the, of the models. Yeah. And she seems impressed. Yeah. She likes what she sees. <laughs> she likes what she sees. Um, yeah. um, and then, um, Monica and Richard are like, we can't do this. The back at, back at Monica and Rachel's apartment, they're like, we can't do this. The age gap's too weird. And like, I'm usually Mr. Like grossed out by age, age gaps. But I found myself like, I think, for a number of reasons, I was, like, more rooting for Monica and Richard than I am for Ross and Rachel. Yeah. Because I have, like, things against Ross. Yeah. And obviously I have some uh, things for Tom Selleck. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, you two crazy kids can make it work or that sort of, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, by the time Ross gets done with the display, the restaurant's closed and she's like, Rachel's like, we'll do it another night uh but ross has a legitimately like fun romantic idea which is to go into the planetarium and like essentially have a picnic under the stars with like vending machine food yeah yeah there's like those box sandwiches and juice boxes yeah and um they sit under the stars and and then they start rolling around and well they listen to chris isaac's wicked game that's right chris isaac aka dan Thornton or whatever. <laughs> whatever. The guy who hired Phoebe to play yeah, at, the at the library. Library. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a good bit of um, David from her physical comedy where um, Rachel was like taking off his tie and tried to pull it over, over yeah. his head and he gets caught on his like upper teeth. Yeah. It was a, it was a cool little There moment. was also, did you catch the ejaculation joke? Oh yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, you couldn't miss it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that feels like the kind of thing that's like, uh, I don't know. That joke feels like it's made for like middle of the road people to be like, "Ooh, risque," yeah. but it's not yeah. that risque. Yeah, it's it's kind of 
broad and old fashioned. Yeah. Um, but then, so then we get to the next morning where we realize, I don't know, do you think, like, they had sex in the planetarium and then went back to the display and had sex there? Yeah, and I was do thinking, like, this seems more, like, if they were, like, drinking alcohol, then, like, I could see that being more feasible of, like, it gets wild, we end up in the exhibit, you know, like. They're drunk on each other's pheromones. Ugh, gross. Um, I feel like Rachel's got, like, a kink for well, yeah, because she like, yeah, cause yeah she liked she, what she saw. Yeah, so she was like, "Let's go, let's back, go back there. Let's go do it by the <laughs> yeah by the statues yeah. or whatever." Um, so and then they they wake up in the display and there's like a field trip staring at them with like a nun and like a yeah, pastor, yeah, it's like a Catholic school or yeah. something. Yeah, um, uh, and then the uh, the tag of the episode is Joey and Chandler watching Beavis and Butthead and laughing like Beavis and Butthead. Right. Um, which again, I feel like friends feels kind of with the juice box joke. And with this, like it feels like it's so middle of the road. Yeah. You know, it's so safe. Like, like making fun of Beavis and Butthead is so square. Like Beavis and Butthead is hipper than friends ever was. Yes. Um, the joke is like Beavis and Butthead. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when Beavis and Butthead is obviously not as successful a show, but a pretty successful show. And I would say to, to me, a funnier show than, than friends. Um, all right. Uh, did you have any other stray observations on the, on the recap before we move on to funniest moments? Um, no. Um, my funniest moment I'm going to say was when Ross is trying not to be freaked out about, uh, uh Monica dating their own. He's like, no, I love Dr. Burke. He's like a brother to dad. Yeah. Yeah. I had that too. Um, th- when Joey had a Cheeto on his face, okay. that was fun. Um, so, uh, another one, <laughs> Rachel giggles when Ross puts his hands on her butt. Yeah. And the next time they're making out, she starts giggling again. And Ross is like, my hands were nowhere near your butt. And she says, I was just thinking about when they were there the last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also in that same scene, just put your hands there and I'll back up slowly into <laughs> them. <laughs> and then she's like screaming at him. Yeah. Just grab my ass. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned it, but I like when, um, when Phoebe says to Monica, you are so much the smitten kitten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my last one is, uh, the picnic under the stars in the planetarium almost gets derailed by the <laughs> Ross turn, uh, accidentally turns on like the announcer voice. And it's a guy like shouting billions of years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have any more funniest moments? Uh, nope. Cause we already talked about who needs glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to friends, but make it fashion. I liked that. Um, I mean, it's obvious in retrospect, but Joey and Chandler wear the exact same outfit the entire episode. Everyone else goes through multiple costume changes because I think it's supposed to be like a whole weekend or or whatever. I mean, I'm guessing because they both have jobs. Yeah. Um, So uh, I liked that choice. What do you have? Um, Notable Rachel's like weird robot shirt. It was like a turtleneck, but like a tight fitting. It had like um, almost like controller buttons down it yeah it was like i saw it as it was so it was like a long sleeve like a racer top but long sleeve right yeah. but yeah it had what i thought looked like it like an alien language going like yes vertically yeah. up the up the center of the shirt yeah yeah 
But like it looked like it could be like knobs or dials. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I called it the sci-fi racer top. Yes. Uh, I like uh, when Ross is like all business. I like when he he's because he's in Monica's terms, he's like the most grown up of mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. in terms of not emotionally, but in terms of his job and how he presents himself. Sure. And so when he's wearing like a suit with a nice like dark overcoat he looks very fetching you know he's yep. got his his, his hair uh, uh uh combed down uh all right that's it for fashion okay for me and then uh yeah running jokes motifs foreshadowing obviously there's the um watching tv ironically mm-hmm. and of course obviously you can't get through an episode with some sort of comment about homophobia wait oh i was gonna say wait oh because richard doesn't recognize Monica yeah. at first yeah. um, and dances around like saying that you got she so lost skinny. weight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, what was the homophobia? It was just like very minor in the very beginning when um, Joey's leading Chandler into the apartment with his eyes closed and he says, you better not be naked. Right. Um, yeah. That's it. Because if you're not homophobic, you'd be totally fine with your bro surprising you with his naked body, right? But you wouldn't even mention it. Like, why would that even right. <laughs> cross your mind unless, like, you are thinking about it all the time? Um, props to the props department. Um, they got a Chinese food delivery delivered to Monica's uh, yeah. apartment. And, again, so much Chinese food, It they need a box. Because <laughs> yeah. they ordered so many different dishes, and this is such a dream. Because... When we order, we get two things, three yeah, tops. Maybe so. And I, yeah, we've talked about. But this they story. ordered like twelve items. Yeah, I, listeners, uh, how do you order Chinese food? Do you do one dish per person, or do you like? I plan think mostly to do a people whole... do like family style and like order a few things and then share them. But I guess I'm just saying, in term, like, is there food way, or is it all la- leftover? You, you they have leftovers. You have yeah. leftovers. That's why you do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, should we take a short break? Sure. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Good guess. That was, yeah, just a, <laughs> it's a gamble. Well, let's... Worth it. Well, let's go from friends to How I Met Your Mother. Let's talk about season two, episode 15 of How I Met Your Mother. Lucky Penny. Lucky Penny. So we get an intro at the, um, airport. Right? Yeah, Don um, McLaren's opening. Yeah. We do see McLaren's, though. This is not a McLaren's free episode the way that. Right. Yeah, we do see McLaren's. So, um, Ted's introing the story of the episode, which is about destiny. So, he's talking to his kids about um, destiny and kind of introducing the topic, and it'll pay off yeah. later as we go. Um, but this is definitely a like playing with timelines. So we see um, Robin and Ted at the airport and they're flying to Chicago um, because Ted has this great opportunity for an architecture, architectural firm interview in Chicago. Well, the, uh, specifically the headquarters in Chicago, they're, they're interviewing candidates to run right. their New York office. Right. But the, the interview is Chicago. Yeah, but I'm saying that, that detail becomes yes, quite yes. important in the So this final. is a dream job and they get to the airport late and the gates are closing and um, Meredith Scott Lynn. Who's she? She's in so many things. Okay. Um, I know her most from Legally Blonde, but she's in oh. so many different things. 
Um, but she was really funny. Um, I haven't seen Legally Blonde since it was new, and I think I was like too much of a like young dumb guy to like get why it's good. I'm sure I would like Legally Blonde now, but I haven't seen it in over 20 years. Yeah, it's good. I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's good. Um, so I yeah, saw she, Forces of Nature. Apparently, she's in that. But yeah, I, I she's can't in, remember her in that. tons of like rom coms. Okay. Um, so Phyllis, the desk agent at the airport, is like, "Oh, once that door's closed, it's closed." And then a man like runs through, and she's like, "Except that yeah. after that man." <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're, I guess, like on standby, and he's worried that he's going to miss out on this great opportunity. Um, and then they're sitting down in the airport, like this would have never happened if it weren't for blah blah blah. So we go back to a few months earlier. They're at McLaren's. Um, Marshall has a, uh, he's on, um, crutches. 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 <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I'm like acting it out. Yeah. He's on crutches. <laughs> You're doing like the, uh, you know, do you remember from when we were kids, the, uh, I feel like chicken tonight commercial Oh yeah, yeah. and like people would do yes. like the chicken like wings thing. Yes. That's what you looked like trying to yeah. mime crutches. Yeah. Um, so he's on crutches and he's like, Oh, I won't take any like, pain pills, you know, or anything because I've never broken a bone. Like I'm fit. I never, he never gets sick. He never whatever. gets yeah. sick. Um, so then we learn, um, that he was, he was training for the New York marathon after, um, I guess Lily kind of like shamed him a little bit for like gaining a little bit of weight. But I mean, she meant it in a positive way. She yeah. like was like, "Oh, I, th- I think your but little still, belly is cute." Or whatever. it still made him feel insecure. Yeah. So he's like, "No, I'm going to start. I'm going to train for the marathon." Um, so he is training for the marathon, and um, he we see like a lot of like running montages, yeah. and then Lily is like reading him like basically like running for dummies, yeah. And one of the tips is like use Vaseline on like the parts of your body that chafe from running. Um, well, you I think you are. I'm passing over a lot. Yeah, the timelines are. Yeah, because each the the, the each flashback we get is more recent. So each flashback right. gets a little bit further back in time. So the first thing is they're saying Ted was like, I wouldn't have been late for this flight if I didn't have to go to court, which wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had to jump the turnstile. Okay. But we have to learn all of these things. So I'm, I'm very bad at this recap. So let's, (laughs) I'm just saying the Vaseline comes into play later on next thing. Okay. Um, well let's see. Okay. Because, because Marshall can't run the marathon because he broke his toe. Right. Because Barney uh, says, I could do it. Like I'll do the marathon. You want to bet? So of course, because he's a gambler, he takes a $50 bet and Marshall is, everyone is like shocked that he thinks he's going to run a marathon without training. Yeah. And Barney's like, there are like two things you need to know about it. You just start running. Yeah. Keep running. Like (laughs) basically like, why would you even train for it? Yeah. Cause at this point the marathon is like the next day. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's 26 miles or, uh, Robin. Yeah. 42 kilometers. kilometers. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Barney surprises everyone. They put a tracker on him and he like, he wins. Yeah. He even like meets a woman and like has Has sex at some point during the marathon. Yeah. He still wins. Um, um, did then, you, while they're tracking Barney on the laptop, 
Did you notice the name of the book that Lily was reading? Because I was, I was like, oh, that's up now, <laughs> Sally. No, what was it? The Good, the Bad, and the Pugly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would have liked that. Um, that's very funny. Um, so they say to Marshall, or they say to Barney, um, you know, if you um, if you ran the marathon, you get to ride the subway for free. And he was like... Um, being like all classist and like who rides ride, who rides yeah. the subway? I would never ride the subway. That's yeah. for poor people. Um, but he ends up on the subway, um, and he realizes that his legs don't work. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. he falls, which I mean, it's sad. Like he totally like is incapable of standing up or moving. And there's a funny scene where there's like an elderly woman. <laughs> Another child on crutches and a pregnant <laughs> and a pregnant woman, and they're all staring him down, like hoping that he's going to get up, and he doesn't get up for anyone. And then the old lady calls him a douche. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, did you? Okay. Well, we live in Los Angeles, where there is a uh, incorrect stereotype that people don't take public transit here, but public transit is usually packed here. But I feel like before I lived in a city, um, I think I did think that it was because I grew up in the suburbs. Like I thought that it was like what Barney was saying, that like most people didn't take the bus. Because I remember like uh, Carrie on Sex in the City was so like ashamed that she had to take the bus when her like ad was on the city mm-hmm. or that she was mm-hmm. like riding the bus while yeah. her ad was on the side of the bus yeah. and then I like I guess as I got older I was like I don't know it seems cool and then I moved to Chicago and I was like oh yeah everyone just takes public transit all the time in yeah. a city like Chicago or New York yeah in we Los have, Angeles we have kind of a shitty public transit system I mean it's it could be better right now there's a lot of delays on our public transit system because um, there's a lack of bus and train drivers right yeah, now yeah. so they've like del- like there are fewer buses and fewer trains running and stuff but um it has i mean it, we have a pretty extensive bus system but i have mm-hmm. some there's um, like huge swaths that like it doesn't even touch or come close to the train doesn't but the yeah. buses go everywhere here they do but you might have to take three to get to it's, a metro st- it's and the thing that i was going to say that really bothers me about los angeles is see if you if you're at a bus stop in Chicago, at least, you know, when I lived there 16 years ago or whatever, you look up at the sign and the sign has the map of all the stops on the sign where the mm-hmm. bus stop is. And that seems so common sense. Mm-hmm. In Los Angeles, there's nothing like you have to you basically have to go online and like find right. the map. They used to at least have on the bus, they would have little pamphlets for each bus line that mm-hmm. where you could show a map. They don't even have, they those, don't have anymore. those anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get, I, I, I defend LA's public transit system cause it's much more used than it, it tends to be like, I think a little classist, like you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, like Barney classist and racist. When people say like, Oh, I, nobody walks in LA. Nobody takes the bus. Nobody takes the train. No, it, people it's, do. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. Rich, maybe rich white people don't. Um, right. But, but in New York, do. rich white people take public, take yeah. the subway. Everyone yeah. takes the subway. So, so Barney's so just being, Barney's a snob. just being a snob. Yeah. Um, sorry for my soapbox. That's okay. Um, so, okay. So I thought this was interesting that Barney was able to get like cell phone reception. 
because Barney calls well, Ted from the train. Well, right? did you notice at the time that he has cell phone reception? They're above. They're above ground. Yes. Yeah, and he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose." Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about now. We live in North Hollywood. We live at the end of. Mm-hmm. The red line, a.k.a. where the subway turns around is how yeah. <laughs> Barney describes it, yeah. which is like he says that it's like it's like it's this like awful dark place. But it's like that's where we live, where the yeah. subway turns and around. Also, but, like classes, like you do not want to see where the subway turns around. Like yeah. I, I just got a hint that he's just. Yeah. Um, but as of now, if you have Verizon, which we do. You can use your cell phone yeah. underground from North Hollywood all the way to Union Station, the yes. entire run of the red line. Yeah. It, it didn't used to be that way. Yeah, it happened like in the past, I don't know, five years or something. Yeah, in in um, in chunks too, which is weird. Like it used to be when I'd get on in North Hollywood, I didn't have service and I wouldn't get it until like right. Wilshire and like, or Vermont and Beverly or something. Suddenly right. I'd be like, okay, I can get it on my cell phone. Uh, but now, yeah, you've got uh, Verizon service underground the entire length of the red line, which is supposed to like, we're not supposed to call it the red line anymore. They've like reassigned all the subway lines here in Los Angeles, like letter number, like letters. Hmm. If I can never remember which one's which, cause it's been the red line as long as I've lived here. Okay. Um, <laughs> Why are you so annoyed with me? I'm not. I feel like you should have a podcast about LA Metro. Honestly, public transit in general and LA public transit in particular is something that I am passionate about. Okay, good. Do you think people listen to this show just to hear us only talk about what happened on Friends and I Met Your Brother and have no like personality? Because we are pros. We know everything there is to know about these shows and our opinions matter. Um, I think my opinion on public transit matters. No, I'm not invalidating your your podcast idea. Um, (laughs) So, okay. So Barney calls Ted and says, can you pick me up? at so-and-so station I can't move my legs so Ted being a good friend goes and leaves and he sees um like he's about to pay to get like a pass and he sees um sad Barney (laughs) calls out to him and he like he's a good friend so he runs and jumps a turnstile then immediately gets arrested um yeah he gets tackled he gets tackled (laughs) um and okay, then we go back even further. That's when um, I guess Marshall is filling out, and and then he trains for the marathon. Yeah. So first, like his his Ted's like I like the reason I'm late is because I had court. I wouldn't have had court yeah. if Barney hadn't. So it's Barney's fault that I have to go to court, right? And then Robin's like, well, really, it's Marshall's fault for breaking his toe or whatever. So but then it's. Okay, and then so we learn the reason why he broke his toe. Yeah, is because he's putting petroleum jelly on his nipples and feet, and he's giving himself a pep talk in the mirror, um, which is like, "I am Marshall. Yeah. Like I am no capable. One like no one could do." It. Yeah, <laughs> and Robin needs to. Okay, so Robin goes into the apartment to take a nap because the night before. So that's the next thing. Then it's like, well, actually, yes. it's Lily's fault. Because, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, she catches him and scares him. She's like, what are you doing? Oh my God. (laughs) And then he falls and breaks his toe. Um, so yeah, then we see, we go even further back and this is when Lily, um, makes Robin camp out at the bridal 
shop because they're it's like a secret sale yeah because so yeah ted and robin are walking down the street eating hot dogs and they pass this like secret right. wedding dress sale right so there's like 90 percent off vera wang and like all these fancy dresses yeah. um in the line, they're you know they're camping out with chairs, and a car alarm goes Lily off. Lily and Robin are. Lily and like, Robin get back, and, yeah. and Robin tells Lily about this sale they show, they saw right. at McLaren's, and she's like, "Oh my god, we have to camp out." Yeah, so they do. Um, Lily says, "Like, oh, she hasn't done this since Lilith Fair." Yeah, <laughs> which is cute. Um, and they were joking, like normally there's like people dressed up in like Star Wars. Yeah, to let Costumes. you know what the line yeah. is for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have fun in the line, even though, like, the car alarm's going off, everyone's pissed off. Um, the car alarm is going off all night, and it's, like, immediately in front of where the line is, where yeah. everyone's trying to sleep. Um, like, a businessman goes to his car and says, like, hello, ladies, and they ladies. all throw trash at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so then we find out yeah, why they knew about the bridal shop is because um, it's all, am I jumping? But the reason for everything, Ted realizes that it's his fault because he picks up a penny on the subway. Yeah. It's from 1939. He's amazed by it because he's a coin coin collector. Yeah. So, so far it's been, it was like Barney's fault yeah. that Ted had to jump the turnstile. But then it was Marshall's fault that Barney ran the marathon. Then it was Robin's fault that Marshall broke his toe. And then it was... Uh, Lily's fault for Robin Lily's needing fault a nap. Robin, yeah. Like scared Mark. And then so finally, yeah, it's Ted is like, actually it's my fault yeah. for finding this penny. Yeah. So he said like, oh, I'll take you out to dinner with the earnings from this penny, you know, and like it this turns out yeah. it just buys hot dogs. So they're walking around the streets eating a hot dog. They see the um, secret sale yeah. bridal shop. Um, and then we get like a little, tag at the end about destiny and fate and it turns out someone else got the job in Chicago and had to relocate to Chicago so yeah. it's good that he didn't go it's good that he didn't go to the interview um, and also um, it's how he met their mother well he says right? we see a wedding yeah yeah he says if this didn't if happen I wouldn't New have York, I yeah, wouldn't have met, yeah I wouldn't have met your mother it feels like I don't know that's so open-ended like, it feels like it's supposed to be a clue, but it's like, all it's saying is, I met your mother in New York City. Right. And it kind of feels like the writer's being like, we have to remind, we have to remind the audience yeah. what the premise of the show is. Right. Um, oh, <laughs> there's also another little tag at the end where um, you see Barney sitting on the subway still and like some thugs like steal his... Marathon medal. Yeah. And he's just like looking so defeated with his head down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I like any time that um, uh, Barney is like taken down a peg. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he gets his comeuppance a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but also like everyone was really impressed that he was able to like run the marathon. Like. Yeah. I like that. I, I feel like they were like setting up like, okay, he's cheating somehow. Right. Yeah. They're just like, no, he no, just did he's it. He's just like good at it. Because they go to see him to make sure it's actually him that they're tracking. And there was a moment there that made me think of Seinfeld because Lily's like standing on the sideline with a bottle of water and one of the runners just like grabs the water out of yeah. her hand. Yeah. Uh, at least it wasn't hot tea like on Seinfeld. Oh, like on Seinfeld. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Um, am I missing anything? I'm sure I am. 
Uh, Anything to not, note? Nothing that I uh, thought needed to be mentioned. Okay, so should we talk about the funniest? Let's move on to funniest moments. What do you got? Um, so mine, this came from um, Phyllis, the desk agent, when she <laughs> said, um, I was able to get you two seats. And they're like, oh, really? Awesome. And she's like, no, I'm talking to my mom um, about Blue Man Group. <laughs> yeah. Well, you took one of mine. Okay. I forget, have, we talked, have you seen Blue Man Group? No, we've talked about this before. You think they're real awesome. I saw it once in Chicago, and it was super fun. Yeah. But also, like, your free drinks last night, it was good because it was free. Basically, yeah. a uh, a lady who rented my video store, like, was a manager of the theater that the oh, okay. that the Blue Moon Group played in. She was like, I can get you a couple tickets, and that's uh, how I saw it for free. Yeah. And it was fun. Yeah. Look. Blue Man Group are cool. I'm sorry. All right. The real, like, uh, <laughs> I, like uh, iconoclasts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, subculture. That's what they're... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. they're real yeah. punk rock. Those, yeah, that's, they're pretty punk rock, I those think. Those Blue Men. They're really um, sticking it to the art world that we all labor under. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you took that one. I'm going to take the... Uh, um, the funny, other funniest part to me was when they decided to pass the time by singing along to the car alarm. Mm-hmm. And like, the, woo. Yeah. But her, as far as when they're going, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part that made me laugh. Um, when Marshall was talking about, like, being strong, he was like, remember that time with the really heavy door? <laughs> yeah. And that's all there is to the story. Like, he opened a really heavy door on yeah. the first try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, should we move on to How I Met Your Mother But Make It Fashion? Oh, I have one more oh, funny. Please. Is um, from Phyllis, the desk agent, when she says, um, well, they tell her that, like, oh, well, we had to go to court because um, <laughs> you jumped a turnstile. And she said, you seem to have a lot of problems with the rules of travel. Yeah. Which <laughs> is absolutely true. Uh, make It Fashion? Um, I liked uh, Robin's polka dot cardigan at the airport. Okay. Uh, I liked... And I feel like I have you to thank for noticing um, headwear on this show. Uh, during the camp out, Robin's got like a little newsboy cap. Oh, yeah, she does, yes. That I liked. Yes. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, nope. I guess I liked um, when the flashback within the flashback to Marshall realizing he's gaining weight and Lily's got like a PJ top on and her like a towel wrapped around her head yeah i thought she looked cute yeah yeah she did okay uh well let's move on to running jokes motifs and foreshadowing the big one obviously here is that they the the reminder that the show is about the story of ted meeting yeah uh the mother of his children which yeah. comes at the end we see i think all we see is that barney and marshall are groomsmen right right yeah. It starts on them and yeah. then pans to Ted and he's looking at someone, but we don't know at whom he's looking. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, it's another big nonlinear episode. There's, nonlinear. Is, there's like a framing device and there's multiple flashbacks that are in reverse chronological order. Yeah. And then some of those have flashbacks within the flashbacks. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard classic for, how I made your mother. It's hard for me to keep up. Let's, you and I had talked scheduling wise we had talked about like, cause we always like watch the shows right before we do this. We had talked about like, maybe we watch the shows this week cause we're so busy and then like recorded at a different time. And I think neither of us would be able to remember anything that 
happen in How I Met Your Mother if we weren't if it weren't fresh in our minds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle even when it is. Yeah, and the only reason yeah. I'm able to say like, oh no, this is what happened is because I just watched. It. I would forget yeah. if it were a day later. Um, Barney's a degenerate gambler and will take any opportunity to make fifty bucks, even though he clearly doesn't need it. Yeah, he says that uh, fifty dollar bills should be coins. Yeah, be in coin form. Yeah. Um, similarities and differences between the two shows. Um, I didn't clock any. Well, the big one for me, and it's not. This is pretty broad, but physical comedy. You know, there's a uh-huh. lot of uh-huh. in in the first show, like or in, in Friends, the first show. <laughs> What's it called? The yeah, first Friends. Uh, I mentioned the like the tie getting caught on. Uh, Ross's teeth, but also there's a lot of like, it's a kind of physical comedy. What, what Matthew Perry is doing, especially like the things he's doing to not get out of the chair, like throwing the shoe and stuff like that. It's like a kind of physical comedy here. You had Ted getting tackled, Mm -hmm. but also the part where Barney realizes his legs don't work is funny. Like he falls down, but then he has to like pull himself up into the, onto the bench and then like physically move his legs back in front of him. Yeah. It's a, it's a good like physical comedy. Yeah. I felt bad. I felt bad for him. I don't know. It's so, uh, cartoonish that I didn't really feel bad for him. I don't know. Cause it's like neuropathy and it's like scary. Well, you know, you and I do have a friend who was hospitalized after a spin class. Do you remember this? Yes. That he like, yeah, like went with a friend. He'd never been to a spin class before. And went with a friend who was into spinning, I guess. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And he like shredded his legs, like pieces of muscle were like getting into his bloodstream. He literally had to go to the hospital. Like he almost died. Oh, (laughs) is that true? Yeah. Oh God, that's scary. Because like if it gets into your bloodstream, it could be very, very dangerous. Yeah. So he said, like, if I didn't go right away, it could have oh, been yeah. very bad. Yeah. So he was hospitalized from a spin class. So I guess this, I guess Barney's lucky that his, that he wasn't, didn't have to go to the hospital, but maybe yeah. he should have. Yeah. If he could get someone to get him off the train. Well, I mean, this proves everyone else's point is like, he should have trained. It's not, like yeah. the fact that he was able to do it was something, but then the repercussions are like, yeah, well, like his legs are like, I'll get you through this, but then <laughs> I'm giving up. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. We, we talked, we, we skipped over the whole thing. About, like, I like him. I liked him gloating when he was like, all right, I'm out of here. Might hit the gym <laughs> after he's done a marathon. But that's how he finds out that like marathon runners ride the subway for free on that, on the day of the marathon. Yes. That's why he ends up on the subway. We kind of. No, I, I mentioned that. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh. I was too like caught up in my own like uh, public transit. Yeah, <laughs> my horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other similarities or or differences you want to? Um, well, you were talking about physical comedy in the first show we watched, which was Friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like the image of them um, reclining the Lazy Boys at the same time is like kind of iconic. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do we? I mean, it's an obvious. That I'm just realizing, obvious similarity, Joey and Chandler don't get out of the chairs. Barney can't get off of the oh, bench. That's, yes. Yeah. I don't know how I missed the Immobility. One yeah. is Immobility. voluntary and one is... Yeah. Yeah. But there's no, um, there's no older uh, paramours in, yeah. uh, in, in How I Met Your Mother this season or, or this episode. Uh, well, I guess that means it's time for us to play favorites. Okay. Three, two, one, friends. 
Nice. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both good episodes. I do feel like there's a little bit of um, how I might know in this episode, like in terms of doing the thing that like, I feel like modern family did a lot in later uh, seasons of having like the voiceover of like sort of imposing like meaning on this thing. Like mm-hmm. the how many mother episode is fun, but then oh, like Ted's whole thing yeah. about like destiny and then yeah. they'd like flash forward to the wedding. It just feels yeah. that all felt a little forced. Yeah. Whereas this friends episode was anything but forced. It felt very yeah. naturalistic. Uh, and it felt like the, the show's writers in the cast being really in sync. Yeah, I forgot about how Modern Family was so annoying with those like voiceovers at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we move on to my favorite segment to introduce? Yes. Because it's called, How Were We Doing? Mm-hmm. This is where we look at what was happening in the world in the days these episodes aired. So, season two, episode 15 of Friends, which is called the one where Ross and Rachel, you know, uh, aired on Thursday, February 8th. 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, normally I commit something to memory. Um, uh, but I literally like looked this up two days ago and I've forgotten. Okay. So there was a, this feels so like quaint and like web 1.0, but there was a, a thing called a website and a thing called 24 hours in cyberspace that was like supposed to, it was like advocating for how the internet could be useful, <laughs> which is so weird <laughs> now to think that like now we're like, Get off the internet for five fucking minutes. Yeah. But I was like, look, there's something in every part of life. So it was like a photo series that was okay. on a website of people could like documentation of how different people use the internet to communicate or to do their jobs or whatever. It was like wow. this weird like pro internet uh, thing. But it was a it was a big uh, a big hit, I guess. Um, and there's a there's a book based on it. Like a not, I mean not a fictional book like a collection of the photographs and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, what's most important of course is top five songs in the U S. Um, unfortunately not really anything new here. We've got a number five, LL Cool J's Hey Lover Mm -hmm. at number four, uh, Joan Osborne's risible, ridiculous. One of us, us. Uh, um, at number three, everything but the girls missing. Mm -hmm. How does it go? And I miss you. Like the deserts miss the rain. Uh, at number two, Whitney Houston. Oh, no. Exhale. Step off the train. Yeah. Which is, oh, which is like yeah. what Barney couldn't do. Yeah. Uh, sorry, number two, Whitney Houston's Exhale. And then in parentheses, Shoop Shoop. And at number one, Mariah Carey's One Sweet Day. Now, over in How I Met Your Motherland, season two, episode 15, Lucky Penny, aired on Monday, February 12th, 2007. Now, um, a lot of bad shit happened this day. Mm. Uh, it's just, I feel like once like post nine 11 and post Iraq war, there's like so much of the news is just dominated by like, there's so many like attacks and kidnappings and murders mm-hmm. and like, like the, the closest it comes to like, um, normal news is there was an earthquake, earthquake, <laughs> an earthquake in <laughs> Portugal. But like that's that feels like at least nice because it wasn't. There's no fatalities. Or no, I'm saying there's no. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Malice. Right. It's just nature doing what nature does. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to see if there was anything. Yeah, it's very very bad here. Um, 
The Sea Shepherd Conservation Society claims that one of its ships has collided with a Japanese whaling vessel in the Ross Sea, leading to the Japanese vessel lodging a distress call. Did you ever, I feel like you at some point considered joining Greenpeace or the Sea Shepherds, it seems like. Of course. Up your alley. Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's move on to top five songs in the U.S. on that day. And number five, okay, this is a new one. And I don't remember this song. Gwen Stefani's The Sweet Escape. Oh, is it? I don't know that song. I, I believe think, you. I think it is. Uh, number four, Daughtry's It's Not Over. And number three, Fall Out Boy's This Ain't a Scene. It's an arms, ra- arms race. And number two, Nelly Furtado's Say It Right. And at number one, Beyonce's Irreplaceable. Uh, are you looking it up? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, are the lyrics just... <laughs> oh. No, this is like a weird version. Oh, wait, did you look up the lyrics? Yeah. Look, it literally starts, woo-hoo, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't You'll remember this song. It. Give it a second. I don't know this song. Oh, I've heard of this. I feel like it's been on like commercials and yes. stuff. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I knew this was Gwen Stefani. Okay. Um, well, let's move on to our final segment, which is called... Don't come for us, copyright lawyers. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, yeah, Gwen Stefani owns a copyright on the words woohoo, yee Well, I played it for I like, know, more than I'm 20 just, seconds. I'm still like... You're I still know. Okay. I'm just also joking about okay. the lyrics. All right. You and I are not on the same page today. Never. Uh, all right. Let's move on to... Okay, so challenge accepted. And this is where we make a prediction on... Uh, make a predictions about what's going to happen next week on each of the shows based only on the episode titles. But first mm-hmm. we have to look at how we did last week. Yeah. Um, we were both wrong. Yeah. I said that Monica is unsettlingly over the moon about her brother fucking her bestie <laughs> and that um, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Actually. I th- almost thought it was going to yeah. when she pulled Rachel aside but it turned out it was about the catering gig. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I almost had it there, but uh, you you predicted that Penny would be the moniker of a paramour. Yeah, way off. We were both, yeah, we both did not get it right. Uh, so let's look at next week's episodes. Okay. Season two, episode 16 of Friends is called The One Where Joey Moves Out. My prediction is going to be, is is that, uh, um... I'm going to say Joey starts feeling himself. Literally? No. In the aftermath of his dual (laughs) series pickup and subsequent notoriety. Okay. All right. So that's, so my, so I'm, my, my, uh, prediction is basically that Joey's going to want to move into a bigger apartment or his own place because he's like, I'm a big star now, you know, I don't need to have a roommate or whatever. Okay. 
Uh, that's my prediction. Season okay. two, episode sixteen of How I Met Your Mother. Do you want to vamp at all? I, oh, I, I didn't well, give you a chance to vamp. You didn't, but because um, we were too busy bickering about Gwen Stefani while I was looking things up. Organic shelled hemp seeds. Cara, okay. Cara, <laughs> navel. I feel oranges. bad for you because. There's nothing in this title that is... It's the most generic title. Okay. Season 2, episode 16 of How I Met Your Mother is literally just called Stuff. Mm, okay. Um, I think this the stuff in question... Someone's going to be moving and has to contend with um, their belongings. Is that... Are you projecting because you and I are going to be moving very soon and we're... Stressed out about having to pack everything. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. HQ is will be moving. Yeah, it'll it'll probably sound the same to the listeners. I don't think. I don't uh, know. Maybe it'll be more echoey because we have higher ceilings. We will have higher ceilings. Yeah. Okay. Um, so wait, your prediction is that someone's going to be moving. Someone's pulling a. Billy Joel. Moving up. Yeah. (laughs) Moving. Honey lemon cough drops. Okay. That's it. Someone's pulling a Billy Joel and moving out. Exclamation point. Okay. Well, I think we did it. We covered uh, season two, episode 15 of both of these shows. Um, You can find this podcast at uh, wherever you find podcasts, uh, but also you can find posts at battleshippretension.com that you can leave comments on, but you can also email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. If you have a comment, you can tweet at me, which seems to be how most people comment on the show. Yeah. It's a tweet at me at Davy pretension. Email me at David, at Uh, find all my other movie reviews, my movie podcast at battleship Uh, in the meantime, Natalie, where would you like people to locate you on the internet? Well, you know, they really shouldn't. Um, oh, okay. it's not necessary. But they should uh, rate and review this podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your mothers. Uh, spread the word. Let us know if we said something wrong or we offended you or you're delighted by us. Yeah. Let us know. We read everything. Um, yeah. Until next time, see you at the ophthalmologist party. <laughs> <laughs>